Hi there and welcome to a new episode of Impact Talks. Today we have a great guest coming from the other side of the world, all the way from Argentina. We have um, the CEO and Chief Executive Officer of Maria Venture Partners, also Professor of Legal Matters of Entrepreneurship and former National Secretary of Entrepreneurs and Small and Medium Enterprises in Argentina, Maria, uh, Mariano Meyer. Please introduce yourself and uh, tell the people what you do. Uh, hi, well, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for the invitation. I'm, uh, I'm a lawyer. I was involved for many years in, in, in legal aspects. Uh, a couple of years ago, I entered public service and I, I served as a, first in the city of Buenos Aires and then at the national level as secretary uh, of states for entrepreneurship and small businesses. And uh, after finishing my mandate, I'm starting this consultancy firm, which is called Maria Venture Partners, MVP, uh, a couple of months ago with, with some friends that used to work with me. Now I'm working there. You have um, a really interesting background because I actually studied law myself. I always thought, how is the transition possible to go from law to entrepreneurship and how tough is it from a lot of rules to a lot of uncertainty? And I would actually like to explore it a little bit more because you had a very interesting background going from law, law to government to entrepreneurship and obviously being involved and mentoring a lot. So can you maybe tell us um, what that transition was like? Is it very different? Um, what did you learn? Okay. Well, it was a journey. I, I really wasn't sure what to study. I, I, I had m many doubts. I, 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 I wanted to be a journalist, in fact. So, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, then I, I decided first to study some like a long career, like, uh, I don't know, engineer, economics, law, and then become a journalist. I, I like to write. And um, so I went to, to, to the university to register me uh, with my best friend for engineering. And the interview was, was rather boring. Uh, so I told him, uh, wait for me. I'm going downstairs to see w what else there is. And there was law. Uh, and I, and I, 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 I finished en uh, entering the law school. The interview was amazing, very interesting. They told me that there was uh, this was a, a new faculty. They were starting, but it was like uh, like like Harvard or something like that. Then after after some months, uh, I realized that I was the the first student to be registered. <laughs> they told me that there were many many, and I was alone. But then it was a, a very interesting adventure. But it was a search. And when I was finishing um, the career, I really didn't know what, what to do, uh, where to work. Uh, I was, uh, I had many interests. I was uh, very fond of uh, social assistance. I used to work with, with uh, family violence, childhood. Uh, I used to work in jails uh, with uh, people going out from jail and trying to reinsert them in the society. So I was exploring. And uh, when I was finishing law school, it was uh, 1999. Uh, all my friends, which were not lawyers, were trying to start a business. It was like the first uh, internet wave. Uh, so 
that that was fun. Uh, but I, but I wasn't uh, an entrepreneur, a technological entrepreneur. But so I started talking with them, and with another friend. Uh, the day I had my degree, which I was really uncertain of what to do, uh, he suggested me why uh, we why why we couldn't uh, do a consultancy or, or lawyer uh, law assistant for startups. Uh, so. We started there the very same day or the, the day after we went to to a library. We printed a few cards uh, and I asked my dad if he could lend me an office and the phone. And we started there being lawyers of my friends and trying to get some other startups. Um, and um, we were a couple of months and then a, a law firm which was starting. There were a couple of lawyers which are now very close friend of mine. They were coming back from the U.S. having a degree in Berkeley. Uh, at that moment, uh, the startup scene was very hot. Uh, so they returned to Argentina and they wanted to develop that uh, expertise. And I was in the same path. So they offered me to join and that happened. And we started like an entrepreneurship department in a law firm, which was rather strange. <clears throat> and it was an incredible adventure. We started with startups and then working with NGOs, business schools and everybody which was establishing or trying to develop the ecosystem in Argentina. So uh, I, I, I found a place where law could be interesting for me, helping entrepreneurs to develop their businesses, which was in the end what, what was always my, my best interest uh, to help in the development of projects rather uh, for uh, pro bono, uh, for profit or non-for-profit, but it, it's, it was always about the projects. And so it was almost 15 years working there. Uh, we helped a lot uh, the development of the ecosystem in Argentina, giving classes for hundreds and thousands of entrepreneurs. We were trying to make the numbers the other day, but it, it should be at least 8,000 entrepreneurs uh, that we help with uh, classes or being clients or whatever. And then the, in 2013, they offered me to join public service, which is another story uh, how I ended up uh, from being a, a, a startup lawyer uh, in uh, entering public service. Um, that was interesting. I. It was al almost 15 years and, and, and it was uh, exciting. We were we merged with another law firm. It was uh, we had a huge office in a very trendy neighborhood. I have a corner office uh, and everything was uh, it was the moment to harvest the crops uh, and to and to make some money also uh, after many years. But well, you never know what the life depends to you and um, Many years. How many? How many years had passed? Uh, f you know, from the moment that you started the whole journey to you having the corner office and thirteen. Thir uh, yes, twelve. Twelve years. Twelve years. Something so, like so how old were you? I was thirty-six. Oh, but yeah. I think I think the reason I'm asking that question is also just context, because a lot of <laughs> startups that are applying, it's always like you hear patience. <laughs> and then you hear these stories, but it's always like, yeah, but, you know, patience, I waited two or three years and 
<laughs> it's good to hear uh, what patience uh, really means. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue your story. No, but it, it's it's um, it's true what you said. It was many years, and in fact, the the first two years we didn't have any money. It was very tough because after we started, when we were just <clears throat> starting to be to have some success, it was the crash of the bubble in two thousand one. <clears throat> so that was that was tough. That was really tough, and we have a couple of years which were very difficult. So the first five years, I would say, were terrible. And then we started to to be more successful. But until we have this merge and the corner office, it was 12 years. <clears throat> but uh, so at that moment, I would say that it was time for me to live the, the Burghese life. And had, uh, um, but when things happened, that we said, I, we went to, um, I remember we went to a fundraising uh, dinner. Uh, at that moment, it was com- politically very complicated in Argentina. Um, and uh, there was this new party uh, created in the city of Buenos Aires that the very pro-business and, the, and, and they wanted to change things. And uh, so there was a fundraising dinner and we went there with my partners from the law firm. But to be honest, it was more like a social event and, and even a business event than rather supporting the cause or whatever. Everybody, all the law firms, the best law firms were there, so we had to go. I, I remember at, at one moment I had to go to the restroom, so I crossed all this, the, the, the hall, the saloon. And um, when I, I, I passed by the, the main table where the... The, the big shots were there. Uh, I met, I, 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 cr- I came across uh, uh, an uncle from my wife, uh, which was recently appointed dean of the one of the best universities of Argentina. So I stopped by and we, we trying to talk with him, congratulate him. And he told me, why don't you join us in the table? Have, a, have some dessert. And I said, no, this is very important. Uh, Yes, please join us. So I, I stood for, I, I sit, uh, I sat for a couple of minutes talking with Kim and then I left. But it, it looks like somebody uh, looked look at me or realized that I was at the main table talking with the, the candidates and the, 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 the important people. So when I returned from the restroom, uh, there were two friends of my dad there who stopped me and said, Mariano, we are very proud of you. Thank you for your contribution to the country. It's very important that young people are involved in politics and in public service. So uh, I, I guess your dad should be very proud of you. So they, they started congratulating me about something that it was not true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just uh, going uh, to, to, to get clients. Um, and, uh, but the, the, it, it destroyed me that look from them I, I i after many years after i can't remember who they were um I, I just remember the look it was a look of proud and i that moment i thought i i would like someday to that that look to be true to be honest it would be nice so after that dinner i was like very moved and 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 as you know in in life everything is connected so two days after that some they offered me n- nothing related with that dinner but they offered me 
to join the, that government from the city uh, to develop the entrepreneurial ecosystem. So I was weak. I was uh, with my uh, low guard. So I said, okay, le let me think about it. I don't think this would work. That morning, my wife had told me that she was pregnant again of my third child. We had the mortgage, we have everything. And so I told them, now it's time for me to live the Burgess life, not to leave everything and join public service, uh, which is more complicated, less money. But I talked with my wife at that moment and she fully supported me. She told me you should do it. So I finally accepted and three days or four days after I was on a plane going to Israel to learn from the startup scene from Israel and then to Silicon Valley. And it started uh, an adventure in public service with, with, uh, with the policy making of entrepreneurship. Uh, so that's how I ended up uh, in 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 that uh, in that job uh, and uh, it was two years in Buenos Aires City then I was supposed to return to the private sector but uh, the mayor won the elections the national elections as president uh, so they offered me to to become the secretary of states at the national level for this thing and then I talk again with my wife we accepted again and it was a, a four years uh, national challenge. Amazing, very interesting. And, and that, uh, that ended up in December uh, when, when the, the, the president uh, finished his, his mandate. That is um, so interesting. So many things to unpack. Um, I'll start with the, the earliest one because it, it triggered mm -hmm. me the most. Um, it's the first time I knew Israel had a really great ecosystem. I mean, I visited it as well, but obviously I didn't really think it was like Silicon Valley or something. But you, the moment you got appointed, the first thing you did is get an airplane ticket and went to Israel. Why? Can you tell <laughs> us more about like the ecosystem yes. and what's so interesting there? Well, it's because it's one of the most important cases of um, an active public policy. Uh, having an impact in the development of an ecosystem. Uh, in some other places, the, the, the impact of the policies was neutral or not so big. It was mostly the private sector developing itself for many reasons and not as a, such a direct merit from the government or the public policy, not government. And at that moment, everybody was talking about Israel um, especially because of this book, The Startup Nations, which was uh, this kind of example of how they develop many things. Uh, among others, the, 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 the YOSMA program. I mean, Argentina, uh, I, I was really involved in the startup scene. And uh, Argentina used to have quite a good... Uh, venture capital industry uh, in the 90s. That's why we, we have uh, Mercado Libre and some other unicorns. But then it was a disaster, especially after some events in 2007, 2008, some bad decisions. Uh, uh, the, the venture capital was going banished in, in Argentina. So 
in all the rankings about venture capital, we were in the last positions of even of Latin America, we were in the last positions. So um, we, we had a lot of entrepreneurs. We are Argentina is one of the most entrepreneurial countries of the world. We were always good in the rankings. But the problem was especially with many things, they're doing business, etc. But with, with venture capital, especially it was a problem. And one of the best examples of how a policy from a government could trigger the development of a venture capital industry was Israel. Uh, and it was one of the few cases or recent cases of countries being underdeveloped and becoming developed because of a policy focusing on knowledge economy, entrepreneurship and innovation. The, the best the cases that everybody was studying were Israel, South Korea, uh, in some cases uh, Singapore, but it was rather different, but mainly South Korea and Israel. Uh, so I, I, I had a sort of board of advisors of me that, that uh, helped me to, to have the decision also of entering. And they were very fond also of Israel and, and Silicon Valley. So um, I, I talked with, with them and we decided that the, the best, uh, the, the, the first move should go there and learn from them how uh, they could, they became a developed country, which was uh, before that they used to have, I don't know, 400% of inflation, not many exports, not many resources and focusing on innovation and entrepreneurship they 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 could do do that and argentina was in a similar situation not as much inflation but we 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 needed at that moment to make a big jump a leapfrog and we thought that uh, knowledge economy was giving us the chance of doing that leapfrog uh, if, if we could take advantage of that so so what did you learn what were your uh, learning lessons from israel and what were your learning lessons from silicon valley well from israel i i learned a lot especially from the incubators program and the yosma program which were two programs on how they could um, leverage private investment in uh, vc private investment uh, with uh, with the matching funds programs from the government I mean, this, this is a typical discussion in public policy. If you, need, if you should use subsidies to foster the development of the private sector, or if you should leverage private investment with co-investment from the government. Uh, that means that you don't choose what kind of projects you invest but you trust and support the, the, the decisions, the investment decisions made by the private sector because you realize that they know much better than you, uh, which is a good business, where are the opportunities. So you need to trust them, support them and leverage their investment. Uh, and, and, and that was the case of, uh, of Israel. They did it at, at two levels, at the incubators level and at the, uh, at the early stage venture capital level. Uh, with two very successful programs, when with, with some investment from the government, they did achieve, uh, I don't know, 10 times the investment by the private sector. And in Argentina, we used to have that. We used to spend a lot of money 
especially in the in the previous years in r and d uh, and and in in the scientific system but uh, it was mainly public investment we we are very low in the ratio of um, r and d versus uh, gdp uh, but that was because it was mostly public investment with the same ratio of private and public investment it was almost the same money from the public sector invested in these kind of things but with all that money we couldn't trigger private investment in argentina and it was mainly subsidies so uh, we thought that uh, we, we should try uh, the, what israel was doing or, or was very successful in doing um, uh, so that's one of the things we learned and the other is how they achieve transfer of, te of technology it was amazing what they were doing in the Weizmann Institute and in the Technion uh, on the, they were not forcing scientists to become entrepreneurs it happens sometimes but in many others uh, what you could do is make a team between scientists and entrepreneurs so they had these entrepreneurs in residence in those universities and they, they have this like um, um, partnerships that they create between the scientists and the entrepreneurs to, to have a successful startups. Uh, so that, that was a thing that was very interesting to learn uh, from Israel, among many others. Okay, And, and also the, the culture, the chutzpah, the famous chutzpah was also interesting. And um, and then um, the, the uh, a week after I, I I returned to Argentina and then a couple of days after I went to Silicon Valley, I learned I I read all the books of course there are many very interesting books about this but you have to see it for yourself. And in Silicon Valley, I would say that there were some some measures interesting measure of tax incentives. Uh, that we we used to and we learned from that also but uh, what was most most interesting was the ecosystem and and the role of big corporations and and the relation between the startups and the big corporations and the and the startups between them and what's called the the shared creation of value uh, the importance of ecosystem was uh, was one of the big lessons from Silicon Valley, uh, where everybody could reach everybody, and and that you have the all the 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 the, the research from the university and projects very close, and and how they help each other a lot uh, in in many ways, but especially the concept of uh, ecosystem was the the most important. So where. A question that popped up for me is you decided to go on an airplane and do you actually knew someone there because you you're getting so <laughs> such interesting insights and I feel like you can't just walk up to any Joe Schmo and ask this person like how do you do this and get answers like you are getting well I I have a lot of support at that moment from the the embassy the of Israel in Buenos Aires in Argentina Ah, okay they they have uh, organized uh, a couple of months ago a trip from some leaders from Argentina so it was very fresh but especially it was one person working there Vicky Vicky Ackerman 
uh, which she was amazing organizing everything in just a couple of days. I had no cards, I had no email, I had anything. So and it was a, a risk to do that. Uh, but uh, everybody was uh, very, very open and eager of uh, sharing the story. That's something also interesting of Israel. Everyone wanted to, to share the story and they're very proud of the startup nation. Everybody knows and talks about entrepreneurship. And that was something to learn also. Because in Latin America and Argentina, especially, businessmen, they don't have a very good reputation. They, they are, for many people, they are bad people. Uh, and, um, and entrepreneurship, it's still something, uh, they, are, they are not the heroes. It's starting, but at that moment was, was even worse. Um, they, they, many people see entrepreneurs as, uh, I don't know, uh, a smug, rich kid from a trendy neighborhood. They don't see them or a guy that is, I don't know, uh, looking for quick and fast opportunities. They don't see them as leaders. Yeah. Well, when I started, I remember um, <laughs> like this was the beginning, obviously, and uh, the whole thing of entrepreneurship. And I remember my parents also saying it is for people who couldn't graduate. That's that's how I heard it. Uh, well, so. you suffered that. And uh, and it was still like that in Argentina and in Israel. It was like that. And, and they explained to me how it changed. It changed the day the mameles, the, the mothers, the, were the, starting to, to be proud of their sons becoming entrepreneurs. That was the click in the culture. So how, um, how did they achieve something like that? Because that's a pretty big uh, switch. I actually, I'm originally from Belgium and I had to move to mm -hmm. the Netherlands. And I mm -hmm. still believe that that attitude is not fostered in Belgium. There's been some initiatives started that even mm -hmm. I try to help from uh, from where mm -hmm. we are in the Netherlands. And, and, you know, it's the first time I saw initiatives that were started that actually went uh, bankrupt or events that couldn't mm -hmm. get filled up, uh, which doesn't happen in the Netherlands because the attitude is completely different. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear how they changed. I, I don't know how they achieved that. I, I think it was just... Uh, uh, th there was a lot of in investment in, in startups, a lot of startups, and when you have startups, uh, they, they, the, the ratio of uh, failure is big, but... Uh, they also, and it's analyzed, they have a lot of uh, like a million immigrants uh, coming from the former US, uh, USSR and uh, there were many scientists and so many of those people were uh, joining startups or becoming scientists and universities and developing things and they were... Um, but, but, but I don't know if, it was, if there was a policy that could change that or it just happened okay when there was uh, more and more successes there uh, and, and at, at a certain moment they, they just realized that it was important and, I, and I how did that. you then start changing it in Argentina because obviously you came back and wanted to change yes. it well well that that was one of, of the things uh, that we wanted to change especially trying to I mean, uh, to to a, a lot of storytelling and showing the stories of uh, of of entrepreneurs, which were much more than just uh, millionaires or or that prejudice or, or people that couldn't de had a degree. 
there were entrepreneurs in every place of the country and in every sector. So we were trying to tell the, the good stories uh, of that. And many entrepreneurs, for example, with the, having a social impact or in the environment. Um, and uh, well, in fact, when, when we were at the national level, um, we the the the, the president the she, she he wanted us to organize a meeting at least once a week with an entrepreneur because uh, he he was very fond of them and and we were e eager to tell the stories of entrepreneurs as as role models um, in different areas and in different uh, not every entrepreneur it was a, a dynamic entrepreneur or a high impact entrepreneur they were entrepreneurs it was more like a, a mindset uh, and uh, that's what we wanted to emphasize. It was the entrepreneurial mindset that, uh, that we needed. And um, so that, that was um, one, one of the things that it was incredible from Israel. And they, they, they also have this in their attitude. They call this the chutzpah, which is this attitude of of uh, self-esteem that they have and we, we need to learn a lot uh, in fact uh, i remember when i was there there was a big group of korean entrepreneurs the, the people from south korea were sending guys to israel from to learn from the culture which was very different to the korean culture from the israeli culture and uh, so uh, uh, no, I, I was trying to remember how, how I started telling you this, but uh, you were telling uh, about how no, you started after I returned from Israel, I, I hired Vicky to, to <laughs> for my <laughs> team. To <laughs> so she joined my team. It was she was so efficient organizing the trip that uh, uh, she, she, she was working for, for me for all these years. Now, now she's on a, She's uh, in a very big and important technological accelerator, but she, she worked with me for many years. And so you were telling about how you fostered that um, culture. So you're saying that pretty much it was all storytelling and hyping up the mindset of entrepreneurship. And then throughout time, it started switching. Well, it was one of the aspects of the of the plan. I mean, uh, there were many things that we needed to work and it, it's very different the reality, for example, in Buenos Aires City than it is in, in the rest of the country. Argentina is the seventh of the eight country of the world, largest country in the world. It's very big with many different uh, situations and realities. So at first we were at Buenos Aires City. Buenos Aires was very entrepreneurial. Uh, it, it had at that moment almost four unicorns uh, in a city only. Uh, and with 40 universities, research institutes. So the startup scene was quite interesting. Uh, but uh, what, what we needed to develop more was this uh, uh, matching funds program for accelerators. Um, and um, I mean, the, the entrepreneurial culture was uh, more developed uh, and the private initiative was more developed in Buenos Aires than in many other places. Uh, but we still needed to work on, on the culture, especially to have the, the support from the public opinion in the policies for entrepreneurs. Because when you need to discuss and prioritize where to spend public money, 
if you don't have the support of the public opinion uh, and they and they think that you are spending money in rich people that they don't need the money uh, it's a problem especially if you want to do something like a matching funds program where you are um, uh, investing in in this kind of uh, of startups uh, so uh, uh, it was uh, the 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 storytelling of that was very important but trying to show uh, not the typical examples but uh, the the examples that could have more empathy with the public but it was jan just one aspect then we needed to work on regulations uh, also we needed the the pie to be bigger uh, the, the still the amount of entrepreneurs was quite good but we needed much more uh, so we had this, uh, we established this big academy, uh, offline and online, uh, especially trying to, to foster the minds, the entrepreneurial mindset and the tools like design thinking needs startup for everybody and for free uh, all over the city. It was, uh, it was an amazing uh, experience to do that. Even in the slums, we were working uh, with these kind of tools. Um, and then there was a lot of work made to, to with the ecosystem. I, I was always telling at the beginning that then they were, had some problems because of saying that, but it was what I thought, which was that uh, in, it was more an, an ego system like an ecosystem. Okay, there were many institutions, universities, but everybody was working on the side and they were not cooperating. And that was one of the things that I saw in Silicon Valley, that it was really an ecosystem. So uh, one of the things that we started to do was trying to make uh, all these uh, actors of the ecosystem to cooperate, to have them digitalized with a common agenda and, and all the events in the same place and the mapping of the ecosystem. So that was one of the things that we did at Buenos Aires City. Then, when we took office at the national level, it was a very different adventure and a challenge because in most of the provinces of the Argentina, the situation was very different with almost no creation of new companies, the private and the private sector very unbalanced. Uh, the creation of companies in Argentina, it's concentrated in only five states out of 24. So um, the, the challenges were different. In many places, we have to start from scratch. And there it was starting with uh, the culture, basically, with uh, courses and activities to like to like the fire of people starting to think why not why 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 not starting a business so uh, so you pretty much started changing the culture by educating them courses absolutely and classes okay cool yes that that's how how we started in many provinces with just an initial like it was education different kind of courses online offline on the entrepreneurial culture uh, we always said that, uh, but w of course, with um, with the, all the rest of the tools, I mean, we have the training, the academy, but we have also the infrastructure, 
We develop a big network of entrepreneurial clubs and incubators all over the country with these co-working spaces and other kind of stuff. We had the regulations that were for, for starting a business to be easy. And we have the fund of funds with three different programs of uh, matching funds for seed, uh, acceleration and expansion. And uh, so all the, the typical tools of a public policy to foster entrepreneurship, we had them, but uh, adapting it to the different realities of the different provinces. Uh, but, but there was a path because we always said that um, uh, to, to start a business, in the, the, they not only need to, to, to desire to become an entrepreneur, that is, that is the first thing, and to, but also to see that as possible. And in Argentina, that was uh, also a problem. They did, many people, they, they didn't even start because they didn't see that as possible in, in many places. So they, they just give it up and said, okay, let's work for the government. And, and that is a disaster. The, the, the balance between public employment and private employment in many provinces is totally unsustainable. But uh, it was even more challenging when, when, because we, need, we wanted these kind of policies to be institutionalized, sustainable, and not depending on me being in, at the office. So we needed to develop local capabilities and, and to work with the local governments and the local institutions. You have less control and for politics, that's not very good, but that's the only way to, for this to become really, uh, really powerful and to, um, to prevail even with changes of governments or whatever. So the, the doing that at, in a, such a big country as Argentina was like a, a big challenge, but that was the, the goal. We, we always wanted uh, to leave something uh, that could transcend us, but also uh, always analyzing, and that was one of the other things that I learned from Israel and Silicon Valley, to always analyze what's the best approach from public policy and the government. Where you add value and where you are a problem and you are an obstacle. And, and that's not very easy, the fine tuning of the public policy, because there's always the temptation of doing everything from the government and to be the center of the ecosystem. And you need to realize that you are just one, one actor of the ecosystem and, that the and not the most important. The most important are the entrepreneurs. Nice. Um, so, so quick summary, the way you got in as well with Silicon Valley and Israel was the government's embassy. You just used that initial connection to then expand uh, your networks in both ecosystems. Well, in, in Israel, yes. And also some, uh, there, there were some connections of uh, leaders between Argentina and, and Israel that they also help. So I have some meetings and then some uh, with the help of the embassy, we went and, and we asked for a meetings and they, they, they accepted the meetings. And then uh, in fact, I still have friends that I made at that moment that it was incredible. And, and with the, the, the Silicon Valley, it was uh, the embassy, but uh, mainly it was the, the support 
of the um, some Argentine entrepreneurs and investors, the diaspora, that they are actually living there, and so they helped a lot uh, in the in in arranging meetings and helping me to to learn from that. Uh, it was. In fact, I, 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 was, I was joining a mission, the Buenos Aires city at that moment, they organized a mission to Silicon Valley to learn, but for, for entrepreneurs. And I joined them and I had also my meetings with, with policymakers. Ah, great. Uh, That's a great one. Um, and then you mentioned a free school on entrepreneurship. Is this like a program that everybody can enter online or is it just located to no no it, it was a free academy at that moment when we started uh, design thinking and or, or the lean startup methodology were just something for for some some just some people there were some courses but very expensive and abroad so what we what we did is we we called a group of entrepreneurs that were actually uh, teaching some of these tools and they asked them to develop uh, a program based on th all these lean methodologies uh, for free uh, to be given offline and online. We pay them, we hire them to do that. Uh, and uh, it took a couple of months to, to de design these new contents. And we also use um, an educational start, an edtech startup with they have a very good platform. So we, we work with all of them and then we launch the, the Buenos Aires Emprende Academy. And, and it, it was still, a hit. Is it still online? Can people still yes. access it? It's still online uh, and uh, they are still using many of the contents that we, we were developing. It, it was it was very nice. It was very what, nice. What is it? What is it called? Can our listeners get to it as well? Buenos Aires Emprende. Uh, academy it's the, the academy so it's in spanish then completely yes nice uh, we're, we're it, actually yes of course it's it's in spanish it's in spanish yeah. we're actually going to have uh subtitles on this podcast um maybe mm -hmm. a week or two after publishing we're going to have uh, spanish ones as well so maybe they'll okay. get picked up and you never know okay uh, we and we we work with the the guys from Emprending, which was like an NGO, and and Akamika. Akamika, it's a very important edtech startup in Latin America now, and I think it was their first job, <laughs> their first client. We were them, and um, so we did that at, Buen at Buenos Aires City. Uh, we even adapted the contents to be given in the slums, in in the more uh, vulnerable neighborhoods. Uh, how is it? How is it different in the slums than it is not? We we adapted some of the contents to be uh, more more easy to understand. But in in the end, even if you have a bakery or whatever, uh, you can apply the lean startup methodology and all that kind of things. Uh, but you you have to assist more with more mentorship, not only training. It's like assist, assisted learning. And it all was also a lot of peer-to-peer -peer learning uh, in that sense. Uh, learning, just to give you a, a, a very simple example, but uh, when we started in one of the, the neighborhoods, um, in, this, in the same course, there were like five bakeries and they were um, purchasing uh, 
they were purchasing wheat uh, separately, flour separately, uh, all of them, uh, which was very expensive. So one of the things that they started to do was just to, to make a, a, a collective purchase with, with the best price. Um, so th that was at the city level. And then when we, when we took na the national office, we developed the course, especially offline. And it was also um, it, it was also for free all over the country. We were teaching design thinking in the mountains, uh, <laughs> in many, many neighborhoods. <laughs> it was amazing. And we adapted that for kids also for for kids from the from high school. Uh, thousands of kids were starting to learn that. It was a, a short uh, content, just a couple of days and more the inspirational and to develop projects, not necessarily first project for profit, but it was also a very interesting project. It's of course, it, it requires uh, more bureaucracy to organize something with another ministry and uh, multi-level ministries. But uh, we did that and it was quite an experience to work with students and teachers from high school, which I think it's the if you talk about cultural things to 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 talk about entrepreneurship in school it's very important uh, otherwise maybe you're too late how uh, do you think your law background and having been a lawyer has helped you with developing ecosystems well, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I always regretted not studying engineering, to be true. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I think that uh, all the experience uh, as a startup lawyer for many, many years was, uh, for me, was very helpful because I saw thousands of startups and, and institutions and NGOs. Uh, and the work with them taught me a lot. Not, I was not a specialist, specialist in public policy, but many of the things that then I, I applied were because of my previous experience. And then, I don't know, I, I guess that you, you can analyze different things. You can analyze systems when you're a lawyer uh, to have an integral vision of things. And, and I think that was very important for me uh, to have the to have the vision because an ecosystem is something very complex where the, 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 the movements are not direct in many ways. So you need to have the capacity of analyzing uh, that complex systems and, and especially when you are part of the system. So you don't analyze it from outside. So it's a. Uh, it's difficult to do that, uh, especially when you are very concerned about the impact that you will have. You know, there's always this discussion in policymakers or, or when you talk about policymaking in entrepreneurship, it's very common for people to say, let's don't do anything, please just don't bother. And the private sector would solve the things w without you. Please don't help. <laughs> um, and I think it's that, that, that could be true, but not necessarily. I think that in many ways, the government and the policies, uh, the public policies could be very helpful. The Israel and many other countries that then were inspired by Israel are good examples of that. 
But you have to be very careful because there are many other examples of bad policies. That was the first book I read. It's called The Boulevard of Broken Dreams from <laughs> Josh Lerner. <laughs> and it's a... Uh, uh, the, he listed uh, all the different policies about entrepreneurship in the world that were good ones and failures. And there are many failures because of not understanding the role of government and examples of distorting the market. So when we started, we didn't want to be another chapter in that book. So <laughs> we, we tried to be very careful. We did mistakes, of course, but uh, uh, I think that uh, it helped us a lot to have this integral vision, uh, trying to, to, to understand the, and, and also the, which is something very common when you analyze in, 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 in law, uh, the relation between the public sector and the private sector and, and the impact, which was not easy at all, because in many things, as you know, it's also changing the frontier and the borders between them. That is changing a lot. For example, with, with all the impact investment movement, which was part of what we were doing, um, many things that were supposed to be from government are not from the private sector. So uh, it, it's a, you have to be measuring all the time what you are doing if you're having, and, and to have a, like a lean, lean approach for policy making. That was our, our, uh, our uh, statement. I uh, I have to ask because it's the first time we have a proper lawyer on the show, especially a startup lawyer. So you've seen thousands of startups. What are like the most common law mistakes that are happening in those first couple of years? What did you deal with? Do you have some stories to share? Okay. Well, I, I think that the, the most common one is the relation between the founders. Uh, what do you not mean? to have a proper agreement. It's uh, the relation between the founders, the percentage between the founders, the responsibilities. It's a big discussion to have. And you can't have that discussion when things are going bad or when things are going good. <laughs> because uh, you, you need to talk about that when you are starting and there's nothing to lose. And you need to... Uh, to have these uncomfortable discussions, but that is the best moment to have them. And you have to think of that relation in time. Uh, it's, you cannot divide the shares or the ownership just because you're friends in equal parts or um, just uh, be, what, because of what happened until that moment. You have to think of the future of the startup. Uh, it's very typical that you start with equal shares and then somebody which was supposed to do this, it's not doing this. And another, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe they, they would have a problem uh, or they were bored or they get a job or whatever. They, they, many things could happen uh, and uh, you have to have a, um, an agreement on, on what would happen um, if uh, uh, something change, okay, um, you you need to that have that in a, in the agreement. Uh, is that is that something that you have to have a lawyer present for that? Because no. what if you're like two friends in college and you're trying to start a startup? 
Well, well, what that, are that like was the, the, the advice that we gave in all the free courses that we were given. Uh, it's you don't need a lawyer for this. Just have the conversation. What we are going to do? What are you going to do? What I'm going to do? What's the responsibilities, the time dedication? What and, and, and what's the shares that I would have? And what happened if you don't do what you are supposed to do or I don't do what I'm supposed to do? How we are going to solve that or to adjust the shares? Uh, that is very important, especially if you are many. Because it's very typical that you divide, for example, somebody had the idea. So he thinks that he's the, the, the guy because he had the idea. And then so he thinks that he can rest and, and the rest are going to, to work. And the guy who's working would, would think, hey, I'm the only guy working here. What, uh, you, you just have the idea and that's all. And, and <laughs> you're, you're not here. I'm eight hours of typical is, for example, that one is full time and the others are part time because one is still on, on another job. And, and the, the guy who is full time feels that he's trapped and, and it's unfair. Uh, that's why you need to think that this is going to be developed in time or, or the money no? or, or, or the management. So those are the, the things that uh, many, many startups uh, fail because of this. Not because of the technology, not because of the business, but because of human things. And it's a legal aspect. Uh, we talk a lot in law about the, the equilibrium, uh, the balance between the relations. Um, and it's all about that. And if it's not balanced, uh, you will have problems. Uh, and even if you're very good friends. So that's very typical. Um, and, and, and it's typical to, to those problems to arise once you have the first uh, approach by, a, by an investor. Because the investor is going to ask about this. Uh, and if you don't have these things solved, then you will have uh, you will start a discussion between the founders <laughs> with the investor as a witness or uh, it would trigger some uncomfortable conversations. Uh, so that's one thing. The other very typical uh, mistake was in intellectual property. Typical that they didn't register the trademark or they didn't or, or they have an IP, but they didn't register. So it, it, you can't patent it because you show to somebody else. Uh, or the IP of the technology. Uh, so th that was very typical also to have problems. Uh, and then you have uh, in, in many countries, you have problems with employees uh, that you don't have uh, properly registered the employees or the non-competes or the confidentiality agreements. Of course, it's very difficult or very different between countries. In many countries, informality or partial informality of employees is very common and it's not very easy for startups to have everything uh, everything right because it's very expensive um, so I, there's not a rule uh, but uh, that's something that usually there are mistakes uh, in that sense and then depending on the um, on the area where you are there are many activities that have their own regulation and if you don't pay attention to the regulation, you could have problems, uh, especially now with all the um, uh, consumer law, privacy and all the things that are becoming more and more important. If you don't pay attention to that, 
how can a, 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 a non-lawyer pay attention as a startup founder how can mm-hmm. they pay attention to that is there like newsletters from the government or something they should follow well uh, that uh, i don't know in other countries in many other countries there are but in argentina we used to have a lot of, of free courses of legal aspects of entrepreneurship the basics uh, the agreement between founders uh, all the, the the intellectual property things and the labor law things and data privacy and consumer law that's the usually the the basics of that that you need to to take care there's a lot of free information a lot of templates that you can do in fact the 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 agreements uh, between the founders the 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 founders agreement there's a, a lot for free i don't know in i think that in oh in YC, I think that they have a. Uh, yeah, YC templates. gives away a lot of uh, these mm-hmm. in PDF for free. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Then um, maybe a question that I had: um, How has it been seeing the ecosystem grow where you were at, and how is it when kind of you kind of covered how it was when it started? How is it now? Okay. Well, when when. In, in the, the years that we were there, we, we, we made many improvements. Uh, we had this uh, fund of funds, so we, we changed the, the position in the, the venture capital rankings. We were much higher with uh, an availability of, of, um, of funds. Then we changed it, uh, regulations. We had this, the doing business. We approved an entrepreneurial law. We had the, um, a startup in a day initiative with a new kind of corporation, which is a simplified corporation, which was, uh, in fact, we 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 almost have the world record. The world record of incorporating a company is between Estonia and New Zealand, which is 18 minutes, and we were doing it in 15 minutes, but we didn't have the Guinness uh, uh, certification. Um, so we, we started with that and uh, the availability of free courses and for for academies uh, the entrepreneurial clubs so it was a huge development of the ecosystem and especially in in, all over the country Uh, we have some awards uh, in estonia etc because of the of those that development then of course you are not exempted from the macro and the crisis and the the last two years of our government were very tough because we have an economic huge economic crisis so that of course had an impact on the economics and uh, entrepreneurship uh, in business mainly but um, but also what we approve a knowledge economy law which was for uh, a special tax treatment for startups of knowledge economy and companies of knowledge economy. So we were improving a lot the ecosystem uh, in these years. Then we 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 finished our mandate and start. It started uh, also another very typical issue to say something uh, of public policy, which are transitions. And uh, this happened a lot in many countries when there is a change of government. If you are going to keep the policies, if you want to change the policies and what is going to happen. And we are in the middle of that discussion. Um, and that's why and, and foreseeing that situation, 
is that we did everything in an institutionalized way because we wanted the ecosystem to be strong, the policies to be sort of locked, uh, to, to prevent uh, radical changes if there was a change of government or a change of officer if I, I, I was not at the office. Uh, and that discussion is happening now. There are some ideas to eliminate uh, and to, uh, uh, to um, yes, to stop the, the, the simplified corporation. There are some, some parts of the governments that they want to do that and they want to they want the, the, that to be, to be made in paper, again, not digitalized. And they want to, to, for Seriously. people to use the, yes, the traditional corporation and not the, the, the simplified corporation. And there was, uh, there is a, a they, they approve a change in the knowledge economy law. Uh, some changes with a more ideological vision. And it's not approved yet. It has uh, only the House of uh, Representatives. They still need the Senate to approve it. Uh, and also with the Fund of Funds and some other of our programs, they are making changes or trying to make changes. So uh, that this is one of the challenges also of policy making that it could happen. You can have an amazing program, but the, if there is a change of government, uh, you 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 know that you are exposed for for changes to be made. So now the, I think that we are uh, worse than we were before in worse, some aspects. Worse than before you started? Hmm. No, 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 no. Than before we started, no. Uh, in some things we are the same. It was uh, all the way back to what we were. In some others, then halfway back. And in some others, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I mean, it's part of the game. Uh, everybody has its ideological vision of things, and uh, and and we we, we realize that uh, that entrepreneurship, especially. This kind, for example, of uh, programs of fund of funds and co-investment, it's it's rather strange and new for policy making. In fact, we have internal big discussions about this because the lawyers were not sure about this. I was always making the same joke. If I say to you that I want to give the, the money for free as subsidies, you would approve it. But if I want to invest, you don't allow me. Yes, because the, 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 the government as investor, as an LP, it was something strange for many people. So I understand that they have doubts, but well, uh, and, and they have uh, their own, it's their turn now. So we'll see. They are just starting. The pandemic was arising when they were just starting. So we, we, we need, they, they are good guys, uh, the guys which are in charge of uh, entrepreneurship i know them and we'll see uh, how 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 it goes i think you have you have a very unique view also on um the economic crisis because from your story you just told you experienced the crisis with the tech bubble 20 years ago as an entrepreneur kind of and then now you you, you know a couple of years ago you said you experienced it as a as a 
you know, policymaker or in the government. So I guess my question to you is then, how is it different dealing with the crisis, but also what can startups or investors uh, learn from how to deal with a crisis and what should they do during a crisis? Okay. Well, yes, <laughs> 20 years after. Well, I mean, um, what's interesting about this crisis, I think it's that uh, it, it accelerated all the digitalization of many value chains, but especially to, to do that, um, I think that everybody w is starting or had started to be more open of uh, working with others, with partners, uh, especially the relation between startups and corporations or SMEs between with other SMEs and other startups. In Argentina, I don't know in other countries, but in Argentina, usually businessmen were very close. They were not used to working with other businessmen. They were just competitors and that was all. And now they are, everybody's open of working with others. Uh, and it's very interesting what is happening because of that in, in many value chains with this uh, digital transformation happening. So I think that's something very positive about this crisis and also about transformation. Uh, the transformation of, uh, of, a, of the business model or the product that you're making for a, for an, for a company and for a sector, it's hard. And when you talk uh, in, in policy making, when you talk about uh, pr um, transformation <laughs> and change, it's a tough thing to do. Uh, if you want an industry to, to transform or to adapt, uh, usually there's problems there and protests and discussions. It's not easy at all for a government to do that. Um, and now it's in many in many ways it's happening because of uh, there's no there's, there's no chance of not doing it, but many people are realizing that it's possible, that it's possible, and even radical changes in many industries or or companies or business model. So that's another positive thing uh, about crisis. So uh, for me, it's true that you have to make good use of a good crisis. You cannot uh, miss the opportunity. Of course, it's it's terrible the moment for, for especially for many, many SMEs and employees. Uh, I mean, I'm saying this if you can just for a moment uh, uh, um, be outside of the crisis to analyze it uh, in a cold way. Uh, but uh, if you are in the middle of the crisis, it's, it's, it's terrible and you don't see anything positive uh, about that. I in Argentina, uh, we, we unfortunately, we are not dealing with all these 21st century issues about productivity, entrepreneurship, innovation, but we still have pending many 20th century problems, which are very competitiveness. The taxes, the um, bureaucracy, the lack of a financing system, the labor laws are very old and the, the Argentine cost uh, is very high. So that's why it's very difficult for entrepreneurs to deal with all that. And for entre entrepreneurs, and not only entrepreneurs, uh, companies, SMEs, big companies, 
we have a pending agenda there. We started that, we lowered taxes and we reduced bureaucracy and we did many things, but there's a long way to, to continue in that sense. Um, and that's why I think that it, it could also be a good moment to have the discussions, the tough discussions about the things and to change things for good, uh, to make things easier for, for business. In Argentina, I mean, the, 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 the net creation of companies is almost zero. Uh, between the ones that are created and are closed every year, for, for almost 10 years, the ratio is zero, uh, the net, the net uh, creation. And uh, maybe in a good year, a couple, one point more, and in a bad year, one point less, but not much more. Uh, so uh, we need to change that. The, the density of corporations in Argentina is very bad, fully concentrated in five states. We have um, less than half of the average companies that they have in the rest of the region. Uh, and, and that, in many ways, it's because of this 20th century agenda of taxes, bureaucracy. So. I think it's time to, to, to change that. And I think that this crisis is an opportunity because everybody is willing to make the consensus and the agreements to take Argentina out of the crisis. So I, I think it's, it's a good moment to talk about this. And, and from a perspective as an entrepreneur, which you also experienced, um, how would you deal with a crisis, especially many entrepreneurs going through a crisis now? So what would be your top tips dealing with it and how to get through it it's it's difficult i think it's a moment to learn it's a moment to make contacts it's a moment to take uh, uh, to to lose your fears and to try to do things uh, to talk uh, everybody's open to talking and to us analyzing possible partnerships and to to think of new things uh, which was not very common before uh, so uh, you need to talk to talk to talk a lot with competitors with possible clients with partnerships to explore and something would come up of that uh, all all of that is learning it's a it's a it's an interesting of course you have to survive and uh, but, but I, I think that at that moment, see, if you could manage to in, la, in a low cost way uh, to survive, then you will learn a lot or many opportunities. And, and in this kind of crisis in, in Argentina, especially, um, usually we, we, it's a it's a um, it's a very curious economy, economy, Argentina. We have a lot of uh, billions of dollars are uh, in cash, in, in, in different accounts, in the mattress, in different places. <laughs> uh, there's a discussion if it's a hundred thousand um, billion dollars, two hundred thousand. And usually in this crisis, when, when opportunities arise now, especially that uh, there's some calm with the, the, the foreign debt. Um, and, and usually in Argentina, at a certain moment, they start to, to sell some of the dollars or to invest because in dollars we are cheap. So um, that would be my advice, but especially for Argentina, but for the rest of the world, 
I would say that the most important tip is that uh, everybody, even the biggest corporation of all, they are open of, to listen and to for new ideas and to why don't to, to, to think of possible partnerships. And, and there's an interesting way of, uh, of growing. Not the, in, uh, VC and investment is not the only way. You can grow in revenue. You could, you could accelerate your process. You're growing if you can get more clients because of an interesting partnership. So I would say that would be the most important uh, tip. It's uh, it's a really good tip. I like it um, a lot. We actually we have a segment uh, called crash and burn segments where we mm -hmm. go with the speakers into the biggest failures that you had in your career. Um, and, and so I want to ask you, what were some of the biggest failures that you didn't expect um, and what you learned from it? OK. <laughs> Um, well, for example, when when we when we approved the we we, we first approved uh, an SME law, which was a, a surprise. Uh, approving a law, it was like an amazing. It's, it's like a, a baby that you have because it's a long process, and once it's approved, it's a. Uh, it's amazing the feeling but then you have to implement that and we weren't prepared for that we took it took some time for us to make it happen then it was uh, it was very good but uh, we should have prepared that uh, in advance uh, or more in advance well, then we have the, the what was the law and how were you implementing it that was so no it, it was uh, we, we lowered the taxes for small businesses basically uh, and and we have uh, income tax, VAT, and uh, tax incentive. It was amazing. We created a registry for SMEs. Uh, we in fact uh, now it's almost the, the the entire SME ecosystem in Argentina is digitalized with a tax ID, with an SME tax ID, uh, SME ID, uh, digital. Uh, which was it was uh, impossible to know the universe of SMEs and to have good policies without that information and now we have the information or they, they have the information uh, but implementing the, the, the tax in incentives uh, in an easy way it was not easy because you have to integrate systems with the tax agency and many technical things that uh, took a long time Almost also regulations but in the end, we could make it. And then we have the entrepreneurial law. With entrepreneurial law, which was creating the, the simplified company, uh, it was also a, a big adventure. It was much more difficult because uh, SMEs, I always say the same, are, are like, uh, like, like pandas. Everybody likes them, the SMEs. So <laughs> uh, it was more easier in Congress to have the approval uh, for an SME law. But when you talk about entrepreneurs and high impact entrepreneurs, uh, again, the cultural problem with the rich kids. So it was much more difficult to get the... Con we, we didn't have the majority in Congress. So all these laws, we have to make the con to get the consensus of the other parties. So to talk about entrepreneurship was not easy. But we finally had the approval in, in the House of Representatives. Then you had to go to the Senate. We were finishing the year, 
and and uh, we will we will finish we, we we were finishing the year with the approval of the the second year of mandate with a second law and in the end when they were voting the articles there was a, a, a discussion that it was not uh, not foreseen and there were not enough senators in the, in the house and then so the law was blocked we were just there to celebrate with the champagne and everything and the law was blocked and we couldn't approve it and it was the end of the year so it was that was a big frustration i still dream of that <laughs> and and then some months after we started again the discussion and um uh, finally after a big big effort we could approve that uh, that law um but then again the implementation we were working on the implementation but even with that previous preparation and the um, uh, and the full support of the president it was very difficult to implement the law and it took us like nine months to implement uh, the simplified corporation so that was also a big frustration uh, and, a, and a big uh, failure that we have uh, we finally did it but like uh, a, a year after of what we were thinking um, so that, that, that was uh, something uh, like a bad experience in, in, in public office uh, because of that. And, and um, what did you learn out of that um, experience then? What was your main takeaway? Uh, to, to, be, to, 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 to be prepared for implementation and that... that uh, you can have amazing plans and, and to think of strategies and things and have the approval, uh, for example, of a client or for somebody. But then implementation is a different story. And, and you need to start uh, thinking of implementation in detail uh, with a lot of uh, in advance. Um, that, that is something uh, oh, so important. you could have used you could have used that almost a year or something or a couple of months before it got when it got blocked before it got approved you could have used that time for the implementation yes yes, yes. totally that's, uh, yeah that's, that's actually a great learning totally. lesson also if you're a small company and you see a law being passed uh, being aware that if a law passes it's not enough there's also implementation uh, Absolutely, and and well, of course, the 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 things uh, think local first, and the user experience, and thinking the empathy when you uh, it, we were very conscious of that, but it was not enough. It was not enough. It it, it was funny um, in in the last uh, entrepreneurial uh, global entrepreneurship congress. Uh, we were having like a session about mistakes and they asked me to start the conversation so i started and i told about this and then a guy came from a eastern european country and he started saying well we approved this law and we have this and he was starting to tell amazing policies a fund of funds regulation uh, doing business so we were talking between between each other saying uh, he didn't understand the the the, <laughs> the topic. He should talk <laughs> about mistakes, not achievements. But then, after telling all the amazing laws that they approve and the programs, he said, "Well, you can, 
you would imagine that after this we are the, the, the best startup nation of the world. Well, it's not because we forgot about the culture and we have an amazing doing business, but the culture and the environment was not good. So we are not being successful. So it was a, a funny story. <laughs> so implementation matters even mm. more on yes. a government level. Absolutely. Um, I want to um, shortly also um, cover maybe a great backstory and everything, but you are now going into a different thing, which is obviously you have your own venture. Um, can you maybe tell kind of, kind of what the future holds uh, for you, what your plans are? Yes. Well, I, I was not, I'm not returning to law, uh, at least for the moment. Uh, we started a new venture with some friends that we were working with me and some others. It's called Marea, Marea Venture Partners. Uh, because of many things, we leave people to interpret what they want, but it has to, to be the name with, uh, with the, the liquid society and economy, the energy of the waves and uh, the adventure. Uh, but um, we are especially working on the development and transformation of value chains uh, in a, and I would add in the 21st century, which means basically a transformation and digital transformation, innovation, sustainability. And we are working with startups and with corporations, which are part of that uh, value change and also with governments on policies regarding those kind of things, entrepreneurship, knowledge economy, um, and, and, and fund of funds, etc. We think it's a very interesting moment, the, the digital transformation, um, which was accelerated by the crisis. And uh, what we see uh, is that when, uh, well, I was remembering 20 years ago, Everybody was talking with, with the, the, the boom of Internet and the startups. Everybody was talking about uh, how this would create a pure B2C uh, markets and they were uh, all the intermediaries were going to disappear and the chains were going to be shortened. And I think that, uh, well, that it was a big journey, but uh, 20 years after we are realizing that uh, the B2C, it's uh, possible. Uh, it was po in, in, in some things it was real, the disintermediation, but in many others, what it happened is that you can now have a B2C relation and engagement, a direct relation, but uh, you can, you are still going to your, that C, that consumer, uh, through a change of Bs of intermediaries. So it, it didn't disappear. You you are transforming the intermediaries and the Bs uh, with the technology. That's one thing. And the other is that um, usually, for example, we are working a lot in the agri-food uh, sector. Uh, and there were there had been thousands of projects of farm to table farm to fork for this all these years but most of those startups were based on the offer way so you you produce something and there you were trying to reach the consumer with technology but to reach the consumer the difference now with these uh, new models which are uh, the last mile deliveries, etc., 
is that you have the demand digitalized. And that changes everything because now you have the, 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 the table, it's digitalized and you can have who is asking and who is eating, what, uh, when, uh, age and men, a lot of information. And so you can go backwards through all the chains and produce food uh, with much more specific information, traceability, etc. So that is something very interesting that is happening now. In fact, many people are talking that it's not, uh, it's not uh, farm to table anymore, it's table to farm uh, because of, uh, of that change. Uh, uh, and and in, you have along th those chains a lot of things, uh, logistic, finance, uh, marketing, uh, different technolo technology for traceability, uh, uh, producing uh, food. In fact, uh, people are not talking of farm to table, but also lab to table with all this uh, plant-based uh, startup, etc. So uh, this, which, which is happening in the agri-food sector, it's also starting to happen in many other verticals. And, and it was uh, fastened because of the pandemics. Uh, so we are we are very fond of this kind of projects where you can combine, especially where you can combine the offline with the online. Uh, you can have more uh, with technology and this new business model. You can have a more um, efficient value chains, cheaper value chains, uh, and, and etc. But there's still a value chains. And in many cases, it, it's still a B2B2C. Those processes of digitalizing those, those kinds of, of uh, value chains, it's very interesting for us. And, and we are working with startups and corporations. Of course, uh, what we liked a lot and our main assets are the know, uh, the, we, we know a lot the ecosystems. We are involved in the ecosystem, so we know a lot of startups and we are very involved with them. And, and also our capacity of implementation. We, lear, we learned the hard way how to implement things in, <laughs> uh, in government. Uh, so with many corporations, we are working in that sense that we, we, we know deeply because of we, we have this process of discovery and identifying uh, what they want. And then we do this mapping of the ecosystem. Uh, and, and then we propose like a game and, and, and uh, where they can uh, invest in a startup, buy a startup, merge with a startup, uh, or, or have a, a, a commercial uh, relation, a partnership, or with other companies. And they are very open of doing that in different ways. It could be a corporate venture fund, an acceleration, or just a round table. But uh, that kind of work uh, in developing the, these value chains in that way it's uh, what we are doing and it's uh, really, really interesting. We started with, uh, because of many reasons of uh, reasons and Argentina in agri-food, but we are already working with uh, the financing system, uh, insurance, and we are starting with some other verticals, which are more challenging, like real estate, creative industries. They are having the same process of digitalization and the combination of online and online. Uh, but what, that's what uh, we are working on. Uh, it's it's really fun. So, so it's <laughs> like a having. consultancy, right? In that sense. Yes, it's a it's a consultancy. We we are thinking of including a 
our own uh, seed fund. That was the idea. Then we have the pandemics, but we are still thinking of that. In the meantime, we are working, helping in investments made by the other big corporations. Yeah. And then um, kind of leading into where we are going and wrapping up as well. Um, it's impact talks. So one of the segments we have is impact stories. And the question that I have for you is uh, what is a project that you've worked on um, that had the biggest impact? Huh. <laughs> um, which one of all? Um, impact, uh, okay. Whatever it can mean to you um, throughout your entire career, beginning, middle, and um, always, yeah, just like stories. Um, well, uh, which could be? Um, we, we have big stories and small stories, okay? Uh, I always like most the, 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 the small stories. Okay? I, um, I liked a lot. Uh, I, I, I am going to tell you ju just a couple, but um, one, uh, one I liked a, a lot is about uh, Valentino. Valentino is a... It's a it's a kid from well it's a kid now it's a young man but uh, we we received a lot of letters and emails and different kinds ways of communication that they sent to the president when we were in charge um, because uh, we we answered everything every letter every notice and we tried to take care of all the stories and there were many people most of many of those letters that were from entrepreneurs uh, or wannabe entrepreneurs and i remember i was leaving it was very night and i saw a, a letter from it was a, a kid saying uh, i'm 19 years old my dad passed away I have to manage the company. It was a, a furniture company. Uh, and I have to manage that. Otherwise, we are going bankruptcy. My family is going to the streets. Uh, so I'm, I'm desperate. Uh, do you have a, an advice for me? What, what should I do? Uh, and uh, so I, I called him and, and, and we started uh, helping him uh, and uh, especially with technology, with his management of, uh, of Mercado Libre and, and some other marketplaces. And, um, and then he was, uh, uh, he could make it. He paid all his debts and, and he made uh, the, he, he prevailed. And then uh, one day we made him a surprise. We went to visit him with the president and the governor yeah. his, <laughs> to his place. Uh, and it was a very emotional moment. Uh, he was like, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, and, and the president talked to him like, uh, like a friend. He was very still missing his dad a lot. He told him how he was. Uh, still talking with his dad uh, about the company, 
but uh, it's a very small story. Now he's a successful businessman. He's running his company. He won the achievement of the entrepreneur of the year wow. for one of the big marketplaces. Of course, it's a it's a small furniture uh, company, but uh, I like those stories a lot uh, because uh, when when people told us that, uh, as I told you in the beginning about the culture, when you think that entrepreneurs are only these technological smart kids, you're so so mistake because so wrong. Because there are thousands of stories of uh, entrepreneur, very simple entrepreneurs, but that they add value in their communities and that they change the life of maybe the 10, 15 employees of that furniture company, but they really change their lives. So that's where the, the, the kind of stories that I like the most. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, you kind of did what um, you were supposed to do, which is um, stimulating entrepreneurship and making sure that a family doesn't end up on the street. So I uh, I really like that story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, but we are kind of already wrapping up slowly, but I have some audience requested questions, which is um, what are you currently doing or learning not related to business, so not business, um, that gives you energy? Hmm. Okay, well... Um, I used to be, uh, um, I used to have a, a music band with my brothers when we were kids, uh, folk music, and I, I, I stopped uh, uh, playing the guitar for many, many years. Uh, we had a record and we were sort of famous, but we stopped that uh, because of discussions. And... Uh, uh, we wanted to preserve the relation between brothers, which is not easy. Uh, and so for many years, I, 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 I give up, I, I stopped playing the guitar. And now, uh, especially with the pandemic, I started again playing for my kids. I have four girls and, um, and, and it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm back again with that. And in fact, uh, yesterday, the, 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 the second one, Olivia, she asked me that she wanted to learn. So I'm start, that, that's a new project that I have, teaching, <laughs> the, teaching her to, to, to play the guitar. But um, it, it, it was also something good about the pandemics. I was not very at home when I used to work. I traveled a lot. We were making uh, numbers the other day, and when we finished the office, and it was like two hundred thousand mile uh, kilometers that we made. We tri traveled all along Argentina and in the world. So having some more time at home with the the, the four girls, it gives me. Of course, it's difficult with the homeschooling and 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 uh, not having, being able to move a lot, but it's a that is a nice project. I like the music a lot uh, and, and gives me gives me energy and some cooking some some, some I, I, I used I have I make good good barbecues I'm becoming like an expert so. <laughs> the best one but it's <laughs> was it hard to get back to guitar after such a long time or uh, did you have to reteach yourself no no I, I, I it was it was uh, but you, you it's like the bicycle you, with a couple of hours of uh, uh, perseverance <laughs> you can you can continue of course I would like to have a teachers to learn more uh, 
uh, especially because the kind of music that my kids like, I, I, I they, they, they still don't like a lot of folk music or the Beatles. Uh, they, they like more <laughs> pop. So I have to learn more of new music, but it's fun. We are, we are having fun in, in that sense. I, I can recommend, uh, it's not a super popular movie, but uh, did you see that movie yesterday? Um, yes, many times. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved it. Honestly, it, uh, it made me appreciate the Beatles and I started listening to them as well. So maybe it's something for your daughters to explore. Yes, great yes, you're right. You're right. I, I haven't seen it. It makes me cry, that movie. It's, uh, it's amazing. The Beatles are, are incredible. And there, there is like a, a, a movie for... No, not movie. They, they, it's like a cartoon about the the beat music or something, but it's not very good. But but uh, the yesterday it's incredible movie. Made that's a good idea. Thank you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, uh, I it's really well. And I I remember before that movie I wasn't too much into the Beatles, and then after that movie I suddenly got really into the songs they were playing. I think also the appreciation that Ed Sheeran was giving to the Beatles in the in the movie mm, really made a yes, difference. Yes. He's, uh, he's great. He's great yeah. in the movie. <laughs> because to me, Ed Sheeran is more relatable than the Beatles, right? And maybe for your mm. daughters as well. Mm -hmm. But you should definitely yes. check that out. And uh, did yes. you see? Did you see that carpool karaoke with James Gordon and Paul, uh, Paul McCartney? Paul McCartney, amazing, amazing. <laughs> that, that was a good one. You should show that one as well, because uh, I, I yes, good, good tips. Yes, it, I I would really like my my kids to to like the Beatles. The third one, Paula, uh, she she likes the Beatles, and and she when when the song is playing at the at the radio, she said the Beatles, uh, the that, but uh, yeah. uh, I I will. I will make use of uh, all your advice and see yesterday with, with that. Pretty much rekindling how I uh, started liking it. But actually, uh, we have a piano. I uh, recently bought a piano, um, a Yamaha. And um, uh -huh. I noticed that the melodies of the songs like Hey Jude and Let It Be and stuff like that, they're very well playable on a piano. Um, and uh -huh. so I don't know if you guys have a piano, but... You can learn the melodies really fast on the on the piano, and it's just a really nice vibe when you're playing it, especially in the evening. So I can recommend that as well. Yes, they they have a like a small piano electronic, but uh, yes, yes, that that could be maybe the 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 eldest one, the Lisa. She she doesn't like uh, she 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 was not very fond of guitar. She tried, and she it's also difficult to be a teacher when you're a dad. Uh, to teach <laughs> your true. kids uh, guitar uh, when they are frustrated uh, you have to be very patient but yeah. I, I would try the piano so maybe maybe it would work the piano um, is easier because you have um, the videos on YouTube and online courses where it literally shows you know the notes are coming down and then you can learn to play um, if you don't want to learn the notes yet um, I, I was classically educated so i know the notes as well but yeah, uh yeah, that's a good tip you have kids no not yet <laughs> Still young. but um, I, I i do have a question before we officially wrap up um the last question is uh are there any books you're reading or books you can recommend for our listeners to read okay well, yes, I'm, I'm reading two. I or ju just have finished. One is the Shoe Dog, which is... Uh, the one with the, the Nike, right? The Nike, yes. Yeah. I like it a lot. 
Uh, and the other is uh, from Clayton Christensen. Um, the, the, you know Clayton Christensen? He, no. was, he recently passed away. He was the creator of the, con the book uh, The Innovator's Dilemma. He was oh, yeah, the I one who one. talked about uh, open innovation. And he wrote a book uh, very few months before dying, uh, which is the, the Prosperity Paradox or the Paradox of Prosperity. Very interesting for me. It's like the Bible for policymakers. He, he says that um, basically, basically what he says is uh, we are doing all wrong in, in policies in the, the uh, underdeveloped world. Uh, he said that we should change the policy from from push to pull. What you need to what you need to do is to support entrepreneurs, and they with the are going to push for roads, uh, infrastructure, and everything, and not the other way around, uh, where you you first you build everything and then you want uh, entrepreneurs or business to happen. He says that. Uh, entrepreneurs, especially in the non-markets, uh, are going to, to prevail even with lack of infrastructure and everything if you support them. And then they are going to bring progress. A uh, very interesting book. So uh, nice. I, I fully recommend it. And for Shudok, what did you learn from uh, Shudok? I never read it. No, should I, I mean it's a it's an amazing entrepreneurial story. You see uh, the, the the many mistakes he made and the many challenges and the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur. One day you're great, <laughs> the next day everything is a disaster. And how to equalize that roller coaster? I think um, that's one of the the biggest lessons and 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 also. Uh, Marco Halperin, uh, the founder of Mercado Libre, always says that the difference between being uh, the, the frontier between being perseverant and stubborn, uh, it's it's not very clear. Sometimes it's on the edge that so <laughs> yeah, that it's a, a, a fine tuning difficult to to identify when you are an entrepreneur, when you're being stubborn and when you're being tough, but uh, uh, always a little bit more. Uh, Good to know. Any last things you want to say to our listeners who are anywhere from startups to investors? Um, any last uh, things to share? Well, I, I think uh, it's great uh, that uh, this is called Impact Talks. I mean, I think uh, a very interesting moment is coming for, for the development, uh, the economic development. Of course, there is an amazing crisis, but you, we need to become better after this. And I think that uh, having more conscience on the, the triple impact, uh, it, it could be a, a big lesson. And I think it, it will happen. It will happen. I'm, I'm really involved in the, in the, in the B Corps. That, that was another frustration. We couldn't approve the law for B Corporations in Argentina. It was almost approved and we couldn't make it. But I think there's a lot of room for, for uh, an economic development, more focus on the triple impact and the environment and, and the social, uh, social impact. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm very excited uh, about that. Uh, I, I don't know which things are going to change or not, but uh, I think I, I'm, I, I, at least I'm, I'm excited that 
there are many lessons that many maybe many months after are, we are going to realize and learn and and and, and we will have a, a a change in 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 many ways in a positive way i think it was like a a warning from nature uh, a wise warning uh, from nature and 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 we need to 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 make good use of this yeah i like that and uh i would also say on that note we can uh, close this i really want to thank you for jumping on this call with me hope to invite you again uh anytime soon and uh enjoy the rest of your day as uh, we are closing off our day here and uh, thank you again for coming on well thank you it's a pleasure and again also thank you not for this interview but uh, doing this uh, for me it was incredible learning from others uh, uh, from other colleagues from ngos so th that would be maybe my final advice there's a lot of things to learn and people uh, open of uh, sharing knowledge and that is something that we we need to to take advantage of um, uh, it's uh, it's something very very powerful so thank you very much if you like this episode you can check out our most recent one here and if you haven't already make sure you click here to subscribe and see the next one but if you're interested in more tips and tricks, then make sure to join our Facebook group where you can find thousands of like-minded people and you get direct access and support to any business question from the entire Startup Funding Event team.